Hello there, gentle listener. This is Omen Said. And this is Nick McGill. Together, as you probably know, we are Feckless Momes. And we are here to talk, talk, tall to me, to you. <laughs> that's, that's right. We are recording this in the future of the tall, the talk tall to me progression. And we wanted to cast our voices backwards to where you are to tell you about something exciting that didn't exist when we were recording this episode, which you're about to enjoy. Yeah, so so we have a Patreon. And, and I know everybody has Patreons. Everybody has a monthly subscription. So I'm not going to sit here and beg and plead. But what we are going to do is... I'll beg and plead, Nick. Omen will beg and plead. But we're, we want to describe to you what you get with the Patreon to maybe entice you to join in the fun a little bit early uh, before, uh, rather than waiting to get to the episodes where we talk about our Patreon in the future, but that's our past, your future. That's right. At the $1 amount, you get a lovely feeling. It's it's warm. It's fuzzy. Uh, I would I would liken it to butterflies upon your chest. Yeah. And for the $5 amount, you get the real goods, sis. Oh, mercy. You get access. The big thing is you get access to our Discord. And that is where you can talk tall yourself to your heart's content along with all the other tall skulls who have subscribed. There are some lovely people literally from all over the world there who chat about Jethro Tull, their cats. Food. Tull news, Prague. Music. Not just Tull. Additional music. The episodes at hand, they tell us all the things we've done wrong. Uh-huh. You too can tell us what we've done wrong. Yeah. Well, you can do that for free. Yeah. In addition to that, it also grants you access to two additional podcasts. And if that's right. If you subscribe now, you do have access to the back catalog and we'll get the new ones as they come out. I mean, what what are those what are those podcasts? Uh well, one of them is Talk Tall with me. Where uh-huh. we talk tall about the correspondence that we have from our listeners. We got so much correspondence, we had to create a whole new podcast just dedicated to that. So we talk about things from the Discord, things that people have written us. And the other one, Nick, is... Outtake Tull to me. That is my personal favorite. That is just all of the cutting room floor garbage that we could not fit into an actual podcast, but I can't throw away because it's a biohazard. So I have to do something with it. (laughs) Zero nutritional value, now with flavor, and just a little treat for you to enjoy. Don't tell your dentist. New and, what's the opposite of improved? Worsened. New and worsened flavor, I would take (laughs) tell to me. So that's what you get. You also, there are other fun things we do. Uh, we occasionally do a, a live listening party where we yeah. listen with other people on who are Patreon subscribers to a live tall recording. We sometimes have had votes on merch. So it's an ongoing community. It's a lot of fun. And we highly recommend that you join. We invite you. We humbly invite you to join us on the Patreon and enjoy. And enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, turn your spyglass toward the West, make your critics eat their words smothered in brown sauce, and take your eight-year-old to the school psychologist as soon as possible. Because it's time to talk tall to me. 
Welcome back. I'm Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. We are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. Every week, we construct a wall. A wall made of bricks. Each song is a brick. Each week, a new brick. One after the other until we reach the highest of heights with the end of Jethro Tull's catalog. That's right. We are building a tower up to Mount Olympus. What could possibly go wrong? No hubris here. No. No. So this week, we have no housekeeping. I gave Mary the week off, so we're good. We also have no house. I mean, that helps in not having a housekeeping. Yeah. So... And I think this is going to be be a beefy one anyway. So let's let's just jump right in, Omen. Nick, we're starting a new album this week. We certainly are. What are we, we really are? What are we getting into here, Nick? We are about to tackle with our bare hands a an album which is perhaps perhaps one of the most iconic and important rock albums in the history of our galaxy. I know that sounds hyperbolic, but you're really not wrong in that statement. No, for, for this one day, Nick, <laughs> this one day, my BS is is right on the level with reality. It fits perfectly. The stars and planets have aligned. That's right. We are listening to the first few minutes of Thick as a Brick. Should we get into a little detail on the album itself before we dive into the the first five minutes? I think it I think it would be helpful to provide a little bit of context. I, yeah. I'm sure that all of our listeners are are you know really well versed in, in this, but it's uh, it's good to good to do a recap. Absolutely, a, a good refresher. I I feel like I knew most of it, but going back and reading it, it was a good kind of reminder. Yeah. So before we get into facts, first, I want to give you the words of Ian Anderson about this album. Okay. From, it's directly from his mouth. And yeah. this is from the Prague and Classic Rock magazine for Jethro Tull that I introduced oh, months ago that I got from my brother, but now we're in a new, a new album. What's it called again? Um, it's, it's literally just called Jethro Tull. But it's from from Prague Magazine and Classic Rock Magazines. They're from the Archive series. Gotcha. It's basically the, all of the interviews and information they've they've put together in one convenient little package about Tull. Right. So, for Thick as a Brick, quote, After Aqualung, I felt we had to take a big step forward. Many writers wrote about Aqualung as a concept album, and I kept saying maybe two or three songs in the same area, but not a concept. In the wake of all of that, I thought, right, let's show them what a concept album is. And it seemed like an amusing idea to go down that route in this Python-esque way and try to use surreal humor. It clicked in America, which was a surprise, and it was our first real foray in that sort of theatrical presentation. So that's a quick little blurb of... Wow, yeah. That's basically just Ian's description of that album. Yeah. What do, what do you got? You got you got some stats, some details on this? I mean, you know, it was released in uh, March 10th of 1972, yep. shortly before what would become my birthday. 
Thank you very much, Ian. I mean, not that short. 13 what? years. Oh, I I meant I meant in terms of the days, but but thank oh. you for reminding me how <laughs> how terribly old I feel. That's that's very considerate of you. So it hit number 1 in the states. Yes, it did. It was their first and only number 1. Which I mean, how many other albums which are a continuous 45 piece of music have ever been number 1 hits, Nick? Can't be that many. So it's you're saying it's a it's it might be the first single to hit number one, both single and album. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, we've talked a little bit about this, but because because of the previous because the previous album that we have been looking at was was kind of comprised of music from various time periods. It's it's yeah. worth kind of regrounding with who we have on the team here. Oh, our lineup. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, Ian Anderson playing himself. <laughs> also, he was only 24 at the time of the creation of, of Thick as a Brick. Is that not is bananas? Truly bonkers. Yeah. You know what I was doing when I was 24? Um... I was getting dysentery in Spain, Nick. <laughs> That's what I was doing at 24. I wish you'd given me the time. That would have been my first guess. <laughs> So we have Ian Anderson, acoustic guitar, flute, violin, mm -hmm. trumpet, saxophone. We have Martin Barr on the electric guitar and the lute. Mm -hmm. We have John Evan on piano, organ, and harpsichord. Smashing Hammond. those keyboards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were so many because it kept breaking them. Yeah. Jeffrey Hammond, 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 Hammond. Bass guitar and yep. spoken word. Nice. Yeah. We have Barry Mo Barlow. On drums, percussion, and timpani. Our first appearance of Barrymore. Officially, yeah. I mean, he did play on Life is a Long Song. True, true. But but this is his first album as the drummer. Clive Bunker had had bunked off, had bunked up, perhaps with oh, a, there you with go. A, yeah with a with a, a lady whom he married. Then we have Dee Palmer with our orchestral arrangements, Terry mm -hmm. Ellis as the executive producer, Robin Black as the engineer, and of course the whole thing was strictly overseen by the eagle eye of Mr. Anderson himself. Naturally. So, yeah, a a sort of a sort of um a sort of joke carried too far perhaps, or we will see through the course of this next number of episodes Nick if it yeah. was too far. Or if it was too far enough. Well, there there is a lot of the articles I've read are they're saying was this in in fact actually a failure on their part because they did it to take the piss out of everyone, but it succeeded so well. They actually put the piss back into people. They put the piss. They did they 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 did full circle. Three sixty. I mean, I you know before we get too too steeped in our in our own analysis of it I I think that we should actually get to the track there I feel like we're going to be taking a lot of analysis breaks mm -hmm. through through the course of the next number of episodes okay I I do at some point want to get into the Rolling Stone review of this album oh yeah but I I want to save it yep imagine that I'm attaching the Rolling Stone review to a string which I'm going to hold at the end of a pole in front of our podcast so that we force ourselves salivating 
to march forward. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So we will we'll get to we'll we'll very much be getting into the the nitty gritty of the lyrics and the story and the concept with Little Milton and everything there. We will get into the the actual album art of 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 all album arts. Like this album cover is is art. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Ian at one point said semi jokingly that the album cover or the album sleeve, I guess as it was called, took as long to make as the album itself, as the recording did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I mean, from what I've read, that's that's actually pretty true. Yeah. And just one one final thing before we get into the this first track is the the they referred to it as Python-esque. Ian referred to it as Python-esque, referring to Monty Python. A fun, really like bizarre connection to Monty Python. Ian Anderson helped finance Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You're kidding. No. He put that, money into it. That is that is truly absurd. That's amazing. That's it's literally so cool. absurd. Yeah. Something he said about it is when he went to go see it in in the cinema in the States, the Americans were laughing at all of the wrong parts. Just like them laughing at all of the wrong parts when they brought Thick as a Brick right. to the States in their tour. Fascinating. Granted, Holy Grail was later than Thick as a Brick. Still, there there is right. there's an affinity there. That style, he they shared they all kind of shared that sense of humor. Right. Holy Grail was was released in 75. Yeah. Well, Nick, why don't we dive in? I think we ought to, yeah. And listen to the first five or six minutes of Thick as a Brick. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I think it's five even. This, this track is referred to as Really Don't Mind slash See There a Son is Born. Or See There a Son is Born. See There is a Son oh my God. is Born. Okay. <laughs> Let's have a listen. <laughs> Let's. Really don't mind if you sit this one out My words but a whisper, your deafness, a shout I may make you feel that I can't make you think Your sperm's in the gutter, your love's in the sink so, Nick. Yeah, Omen. Two pretty distinct parts, I should say. Definitely, yes. We have the the intro, if you like. Mm -hmm. Really don't mind. And then we have the, the, the strong musical transition to See There a Son is Born. Mm -hmm. Which has that little, that little couple of lines and then, and then the rest of it is a musical break. Yeah, just just rocking instrumental. Where even to start with this? Yeah, I mean, generally to start in the beginning, I I mentioned last episode we were talking about how nice the acoustic of Nursey was, and I said that it it all changes when it comes to thick as a brick. I forgot, and and it I'm I feel like a buffoon now, but I forgot that it opens 
with that really nice acoustic. Like that is such an iconic sound for Thick as a Brick. The acoustic really is almost the backbone of this entire first section. Even yeah. even as we get to See a Son is Born, it's it's not as prominent, but but definitely for the really don't mind section, mm-hmm. it it's the it's the lead instrument in some ways. Yeah. The flute and the xylophone, I think, are the most prominent in there because they 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 help to convey that how really light and ins- inconsequential and airy it is. Even though the lyrics yeah. are are very heady. Oh my gosh! The yeah. sound itself is is really really light, but do, they're do, they are do, on do, top do, of do, that. Do, 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 do. Yeah. And they're on top of that really nice, nice kind of airy acoustic. Yes, absolutely. This, Nick, is stands in contrast with everything that has come before it from Jethro Tull, just in the sense of polish and yes. precision. Yeah. You know, I feel like we went through the the sort of raw, you know, we're just going to blast all of our instruments around at the same time and then... Mm. And then we went through the the period where it's like, okay, we're still all quite raw, but we're we're now we've now gained the skill level where where the rawness is contrasted with this this very distinct sort of virtuistic performance style. And now we're in a new territory where it's this is so well crafted and has been mm-hmm. rehearsed so fastidiously that the rawness is still there. But it's it's because of our choice when we want to let that out. Yeah, and it and and this this song is so unbelievably layered and complex. It it had to be. Oh, absolutely. There's no other way to do it. Yeah, and it sounds like they rehearsed this for a lot longer than they rehearsed any of their previous material before recording it. Two weeks. It took them two <laughs> weeks to put it together. Right, and th- and that was just that was just rehearsing. Yes, yeah, and then it took them two weeks to record it. Yeah, which is bonkers. There is also, from what I have read, a there was a more collaborative approach mm-hmm. to recording this than there was any of the previous stuff. Yeah, um, it's it sounds like Ian, you know, started writing this the same way that he wrote everything else, which was he. You know, started writing in his hotel room, and but instead of getting to the end of a set of lyrics and stopping and saying, "All right, I'm going to do a new song now," he just kept going and going and going and going. It sounds like when they were rehearsing and recording it, he would sometimes get to the end of one bit and then just say, "So, who's got an idea for the next part?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the way I saw it is they were they were recording in the Rolling Stones mobile studio first of all. Wow. Or, I'm not sorry, not recording, rehearsing. Yeah, and, in London. And Ian would wake up, write down like three or four minutes worth of music on on his on his his music sheets and bring it to the studio and they would build off of it from there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds quite intensive. Martin Barr says that that they would rehearse until four or five in the morning and then go to bed for five hours and get up and just start literally where they left off. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was a very long two weeks. Apparently, and this is according to Barr, 
John Evan is can is due a lot of credit for the for the creative work on this album. Really? Yeah, I mean just in terms of I think the the music the musical themes and and how how things were strung together. And it is I mean it's it's true that his playing is really really throughout this entire album yeah. in a in a very he's the butter that marries the meat and the saffron and the and the wine all into this delicious vin of a of an album. It's also even though Dee Palmer is is there is present and I Dee must have been exhausted by the end of this album. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they all were. But but like you you've mentioned in the past before, particularly when we first saw John join the band, is that being a being a a keyboard player, you you yeah. have a a slightly different ear to hearing and perceiving the music. Yeah. And I, I think that ties in pretty well with what you're saying is that that he maybe Ian whether they did it intentionally or not, I don't know, maybe maybe Ian leaned on that expertise a little bit more than oh, in previous so. previous albums just just by virtue of of when you end an uh, end a spot and say hey does anybody have any any ideas everybody else is like uh i wasn't thinking that far ahead and john <laughs> evans is like oh yeah well i guess we could do this you right. know it's it's when right. you see someone who's so good at what they do that it just seems like two levels beyond what you could even conceive well and that's what we talked about when we first when we first came across the the character of of john evan Ian, we had a quote from Ian saying, you know, John Evan coming into the into the band really allowed me to to write music differently in a new way than than previously. Mm, that's right. And I yeah. Think, and I think this is like the extension of that. And I think that as you're saying, Evan's expertise, particularly his background in classical music, is really mm -hmm. showing in this because there are so many key changes. There's so many rhythmic changes where you know they have to marry this thing with this totally other different thing and he has the theory to make that happen smoothly and then yeah. everyone else you know knows how to back that up so it sounds seamless but man what a lot of work yeah i don't i don't know all of the terminology but there's a there's a carry through of themes there are uh, several several yeah, musical themes. Musical themes, yeah. Yeah, that we hear over and over and and every time they're they're tweaked a little bit and they're changed a little bit. Totally. But it, being able to do that smoothly and well does take a certain degree of training and perfection that someone like maybe Ian who wasn't officially like taught, who wasn't really trained may not have been aware of right or 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 had the idea but but maybe didn't necessarily know how to execute it in the same way that Evans did I mean yeah but regardless I mean this is not this is definitely not like Bloodwind pig right here <laughs> you know yeah. this is not this is not any kind of a this is like the opposite of of a jam band right it, you know this that we're listening to exactly now yeah. It is it is 
perfectly sculpted down to the single, each single nuance. It's amazing. It's, It's truly amazing. And we're only talking, so far we're only talking about the first five minutes. We haven't heard anything. And just the music. We, ha- we haven't even <laughs> talked about the lyrics. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, this is, you, you know, Nick, there's some music that you can listen to casually. Mm. There's some music that you can listen to while you, while you work. Britney Spears, for instance. Mm, yep. A lot of Irish instrumental music. I'm assuming you're getting at this is not one of those. Oh no, I was just saying. No, no, that was that was my full thought. No, no, yeah. You, no yeah, of course, this is this is not something that I can just like flip on as background music. Yeah, and that's as much as I I hate to say it. That's a reason I very seldom listen to this album. You need the brain space to be able mm-hmm. to do it. You need to sit down in your armchair and pour yourself a a, a bracing cup of tea or a or a fine scotch. Dim the lights. Tell your children to stay out of daddy's room. And really have a listen. And the album, and and you need the time because yeah, the album's an hour minutes. long. Yeah. And then you have to, and then you have to schedule 15 minutes of breathing and crying. Right. In between. Yeah. From one side to the other. It is, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shall we dive into the lyrics, Nick? I, th- yeah, yeah. I mean, the the last thing I have, I just want to kind of end with. I I love, and and we're going to be hearing a lot of these regularly throughout this album. Is that transition from really don't mind into see there a son is born? It goes from l- like really light into almost tempestuous it feels like a like a like storm clouds are moving in when we get to that point well you know who is moving in is martin barr mm, okay he's moving he's moving his stuff in he's signing a lease i was gonna say he can he can live with me if he wants <laughs> he, he he might need to <laughs> i think i think martin's pretty comfortable i think he's comfortable with himself and that and and i'm proud of him for that at the end of the day you know that's the relationship that matters the most that's right all right, Nick. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's 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 go from from music to lyrics. Let's start with the low hanging fruits. Hello. Let's start with the low hanging fruit. What does it mean to be thick as a brick, Nick? Thick as a Nick brick. Dumb. You're dumb. Yeah. You're dense. Exactly. Exactly. Thoughts and ideas cannot penetrate your thick skull. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. So this. That's the theme. Yeah. But now, the overarching but now, theme, yeah. But who is it who is thick as a brick? Because it's interesting. Really don't mind if you sit this one out. My words but a, we- but a whisper, your deafness a shout. I mean, it feels like, it feels like the singer is, is railing against this thickness. Gerald Bostock is our narrator. The writer of the 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 poem that this is based on all of that yes, said very tongue in cheek and old and old jb fictionally is railing it feels to me is railing against this sort of pervasive deafness this this thickness around him yeah the the you the you is the grand plural you i may make you feel but i can't make you think says the child genius yeah 
Yeah. But I want to posit right away that, I mean, obviously we know that it was not written by an eight-year-old. It was written by a 24-year-old named Dean Anderson. <laughs> 24 going on 60. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, we've talked a lot before about Ian's intelligence. And and I think we've even talked before about, you know, this this notion that that some very intelligent people experience a lot of loneliness and lack of connection to the rest mm. of the world mm-hmm. because they, they're just moving at a different mental pace. They're vibrating on a different frequency than most other people. Yeah. And that's what this feels like to me, this kind of, this kind of frustration. Oh, it, it, that Gerald is, is vibrating on that frequency you're saying. That, that Quote, unquote, frequency. Gerald, yes. But sure. in fact... But in fact, Ian Anderson is is vibrating on that level. Yeah, I mean, he he said that that Gerald is not someone from his childhood. It's not like you can go back and say, "Oh, this kid was Gerald." But no. the 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 poem is autobiographical. He has acknowledged right. that for Ian. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, it seems to me with our with our benefit of the remove of time that mm-hmm. that Ian invented a child to speak this through as part of the, as part of the joke, as part yeah. of the joke that isn't really a joke. It's and that's the, what I mean. It's the ventriloquist who says all the bad things through the mouth of, of his dummy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So Ian Anderson has his hand up the bum of an eight year old boy. Well, wait oh. a minute. Let's take that back. <laughs> I can, Oh, I can. Yep. I, the letter is in the mailbox. And Cease can, and desist. I can taste it. <laughs> that's, that's what. No, never mind. Yep. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so what's the kid's name? Gerald Bostock. So Gerald Bostock is the is the dummy. And in a way, we're all the dummy. And Ian Anderson is, is puppeting, puppeting his brain. Yeah. Your sperm's in the gutter, your love's in the sink. Goodness me. Yeah, but what about the story? Oh, yeah. Is this a? Is it, what is what is that saying? Is this sort of is that sort of like you're so you're so dumb that you like? I mean, <laughs> it's it, 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 okay, Nick. Is yeah. this is is this sort of a poetic way of saying that that your efforts are being wasted? Ooh. That your thoughts, the children of your thoughts aren't able to be conceived in the womb of the world because you're shooting them down the sink? That? Your thoughts are in the gutter and so they can't rise to fruition? That's really good. That's really, really good. Thank you. I initially thought of it as like, you're, you're a waste of what it means to be a human. Your procreation, you're 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 spilling, you're committing the sin of Onan, and and what what good are you? You're right. so dumb, you right. know. You're you're just. I mean, I mean mo- monkeys masturbate uncontrollably. Like you are this. You you are the equivalent of of a chimpanzee. I resemble that comment. <laughs> yeah, I've heard stories. No, I think that I think that we're both narrowing in on it. I think that there's some that that's essentially the poetic meaning of it is 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 you are ineffective and your your acts achieve nothing. Mm-hmm. 
so you ride yourselves over the fields and you make all your animal deals. So you ride yourselves over the fields and you make all your animal deals and your wise men don't know how it feels to be thick as a brick. I mean, this is sort of a continuation. Yeah, it's like references to. <laughs> it's funny, you know. You know, for someone who who also has the nostalgia of the country because he moved from the country to the city, <clears throat> there's also this disdain for some elements of country life or the people who populate the country. Mm. I know. I see what you're saying with that and i think you're right but again i saw it differently hmm. so you ride yourselves over the fields feels like two armies coming at one another in combat oh and you make all your animal deals because it's it's primal it is violent but that is that is an allegory for the combat that is now in in civilization which is like business Make all your oh. animal deals. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, be- because it, it is, you know, the the world of business is is simply the can the extension of the of the world of of war. We wage we wage war now primarily through capitalism. Yeah, it's kill or be killed. Buy out Disney buys out everybody. They are the alpha male. Yeah, they just changed CEOs. Uh, they did. Well, they're they're transitioning. They're transitioning. Yep. I mean, all of this to me, Nick, feels very. Very much like it has a lot of historical perspective. Like I feel mm-hmm. like so far this sentiment and even these verses could exist at, at almost any period of history. And there's there's sort of this pervasive feeling of of being unable to connect with the world around you because because of your intelligence, which makes sense why, yeah. you know, the character is an eight-year-old genius prodigy boy. Yeah, right. Right. And th- th- those last two lines, and your wise men don't know how it feels to be thick as a brick. That almost sounds derogatory to me. Like, oh, your your wise men, they're so wise, but they don't know what it's like to be this. Right. Which just continues that that sense of, of disconnect. Yeah. They can't they they can't relate. They can't truly be human. It's like all I see, you know, the this the singer is saying, all I see around me are people who are so dumb and so ineffective that they can't even get their sperm into the right place. Yeah. Or people who are so wise that they have no idea how the world really functions at all. And here I am, neither one. And so I'm just going to make it uh, and so I'm just going to make this incredibly deadly serious joke. But being so boy genius, this feeling of, of, of almost haughtiness above everybody, like I, I'm, I feel like he ought to be in the wise men category. But is it he? He's wise. He's innocently wise, as opposed to wise with years, so he can see better. I think so. I think that I think that the connotation of of wise men in this case is someone who who removes themselves 
from society through、mm. study、okay. and and separation. Whereas、yeah. this is a person who is inherently can, living in society who、yeah. doesn't have the ability, perhaps, to separate themselves. And he he has that that eternally eternally frustrating yet endearing charm charming quality of of a kid who who has no filters. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, this is very filterless.、Mm-hmm. You get all the nicotine when you smoke it. Yeah, it is menthol though. So I mean, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't think we can go line by line through the rest of this. We're already at forty-two.、No, we'll, we'll die. So Nick, so this whole, this whole next section, where、yeah. we have the musical shift and it gets almost dreamy.、Mm-hmm. Oh, just kidding. And the sand. Not yet. Yeah. Okay. So then, then we go into the seaside metaphor section.、Mm-hmm. And all of this feels it feels like repetition, just in 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 different different lines. Absolutely, it's, he, it's all the same thing, and it all has this. You know what it actually makes me think of is is the the Blackpool episode. Hmm. Okay. Sandcastles, tides, the close of play. You know,、mm-hmm. all of these, the suntan, all these things that are that that sort of feel like a a day at the at the beach. But but he's using that metaphor to to describe the. The the temporalness, the temporary quality、hmm. of、yeah. so many of the things. I I love. I just love the the phrase "sandcastle virtues." Yeah,、That's、they、so、are all swept away. Yeah, they look solid, but they're not permanent. Right, and you see that all the time. It's like, oh, you know, well, I believe in this, and ten years ten years later, later, people have. Completely abandoned that. I'm trying to think. Or or two Instagram posts later. You know, it's it's everything oh, yeah, is so、right. fickle and fleeting, especially now in the. I'm going on a social media cleanse, and here are my posts about it. Yeah, <laughs> look, look how happy I am. Read my blog about my social media cleanse. I'm going to influence you now. <laughs> I'm an influencer.、Yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Please let me influence you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's it's. All the same, it it's it's looking at the the mutability of time and 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 it's it's kind of the opposite of life's a long song. Is that time is running、mm. out now? Right. You can only do so much. And I'm a bad dream that I, I just, just had that. today, and you shake your head. And say it's a shame. I'm a bad dream that I just had today. Yeah. Wow. I'm a bad dream that I just had today. And you shake your head and said it's a shame. I mean, Nick, we're like in the first five minutes. Yeah, of this literally.、Song. Yeah. We've gotten into like, you know, the concept that reality is perception, that history is an inevitable force of you know, but but that everything stays the same, the the disconnect of 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 seeing the world. I mean, holy cow! It's it's 
It's heady. Yeah, and this isn't this must be like the first two minutes in terms of lyrics. Oh yeah. 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 And and this is still the light sounding of the music. I know. It's still the the for the flute and the xylophone and the guitar. Then we wind down a little bit. And spin me back down the years and days of my youth. Draw the lace and black curtains and shut out the whole truth. Spin me down the long ages. Let them sing the song. Spin me back down the years and the days of my youth. Draw the lace and black curtains and shut out the whole truth. Spin me down the long ages, let them sing the song. So that to me feels like time travel. That that that, that to yeah. me feels like going back in history to when things were exactly the same but with different clothes. Right. In a in a funnier accent. Yeah, that is that is a that is a montage song right there. That's a montage verse of we see him like spinning spinning yeah. away and we're going he, into the dream sequence yeah which leads us into that really dark sounding see there a sun is born it instills panic See there a son is born. See there a son is born. And we pronounce him fit to fight. And we pronounce him fit to fight. <laughs> I'll stop. There are blackheads on his shoulders and he pees himself in the night. We'll make a man of him, put him to trade, teach him how to play Monopoly and how to sing in the rain. All right. Let's get some quick some quick take definitions. Put him to trade. Teach him a trade. Teach him something physical that he can then right. make money the on, that he can make a living on. Which teach is, him the boiler fluid industry. Yeah, which is basically before this millennial frou-frou age that we are so fortunate to live in. And I don't say that pejoratively at all, but like we have the freedom. It's mm. the, It kind of stopped with the boomers, and that's why we have such an issue is because they're the ones still running society and they think it needs to be this way, but it's so hard for us to do anything. The reality of it has changed. Yeah. yeah. But so, so that, that was, I mean, starting from, from when people started having kids. So always is you would raise a kid, you, you would squirt out as many kids as possible, raise them to do what you did. So they'll take care of you when you can't do it anymore and they can have more kids to further the line. Period. Right. That is. So it's like, so it's like here, here we're gonna teach you this trade. That's your life. Good luck. We'll yep. see you when you die. Yep. Teach yeah. him to play Monopoly. See, that is interesting to me because that seems like, but we're gonna teach him something to, something of a diversion. Teach him how to sing in the rain. Oh, I don't think that Monopoly in this context is a diversion. No, I think it's capitalism. Oh, okay. Teach him how to. 
quote unquote play the game. Sure. Wink, wink. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not the game. It's the. It's the game. It's. It's back up to the the businessmen doing yeah. their animal deals. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, how to sing in the rain? No idea. Yeah. Is that a reference to something? The only thing I can think of is singing in the rain. But I mean, he sings in the rain because he's in love. So. Mm, is that I don't know I don't know yeah I'm not sure anyone with any thoughts on how to sing in the rain let us know anyone with any thoughts let us know well you're already listening to our podcast aren't you (laughs) (laughs) that wraps up the the last like at least minute is is all instrumental so really see there a son is born is is just what, three or four lines? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Nick, I, I often make digs, and I think we all do, and certainly the world does, about America being not a really intelligent or intellectual place. Sure. Not, not completely unfounded. Correct. And yet, this album, which is probably the most intellectual rock album ever recorded, hit number one in the U.S. That's... Very true. So, what gives? Yeah, why? When it's such a drastic diversion from Aqualung, you know? Was it just the right thing at the right time? Was this, was 1974 a moment of of blossoming intellectualism amongst the rock and rollers of the time? Or, or did people just like it because it was weird and they were and so they snatched it up or, 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 or what? Did it somehow on some like molecular level, the idea of, of a prog concept album just really resonate somehow? Right. For did being, people want to feel something like so they were, new? They were in on the joke. Yeah, but did they even know it was a joke? They they didn't know it was a joke. The joke was they bought the album. Well, they were then they were the butts of the joke. They, they. <laughs> <laughs> and does it matter? No, I think ultimately, I think that's to go back to what I I said kind of in the beginning is that when when all these like really intellectual rock columnists are like, so did you really fail with Thick as a Brick? Because that reminds me, I love that. Like, it doesn't, who, who <laughs> right, cares? Right. Like, and that's what no, Ian we, says, is like, if people loved it, I don't care. Right. Also, like, like who he's honored al- that, that it's so revered. Right. Who would record an album being like, well, I hope everyone hates this. Like, yeah. That, that right. doesn't make any sense. Maybe like Tom Waits or, or some like super high concept person. <laughs> right. I'm going to record this album and put it in a bottle and bury it in a volcano where I'm, no one will ever hear it. I'm going to scream into all of your mouths. I'm going to record this album with no microphone, no instruments, and I also won't be there. I want you to think about me playing something five years from now. Forget about it and set an alarm. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think he's that high concept, but I love still. Tom Waits. He's 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 a delight. He's an American treasure. He really is. He truly is. Truly is. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Fascinating. Well, yep. Nick, I'm really excited about next episode when I think we will dive into the Rolling Stones review. Yeah, I think we ought to. I've, yeah, we've we've actually kind of incidentally covered a lot of my more of my research. I have a few more quotes I want to hit from Ian Anderson along the way, but but that that so, uh, Rolling yeah, Stone same. review is going to be really really good. So far, I feel like this is a big f u, and I'm not sure to whom. I suspect it yeah. might be to me. Yeah, I, I feel I feel kind of targeted here, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> but, but I don't know. Right, right. It's 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 a it's very ambiguous. It's gorgeously ambiguous. I hope by much like my wardrobe. That is that is accurate. I hope by <laughs> the end of May. We'll be mm-hmm. we'll be done. Our last episode is five nineteen, so I hope by then we'll have an answer, and I'm sure we'll have or, many more questions that have answers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That that will require answers, but I, I hope there most of them will be answered. Yeah. But next week, the next portion is the next five yeah. and a half minutes. It is lovingly referred to as the poet and the painter. Amazing. Until then, if you are an eight-year-old boy with a genius intellect and an inability to connect the world around him... Take out your frustrations by writing us an epic poem in the form of a five-star review and rating. I really don't mind if you give us a review and a rating. I do mind if it's not five stars, though. (laughs) I really do mind. Here's a concept. Give us five stars. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Until next time, I am Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. And we are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Told to Me. This podcast is an intellectual uh, rowing machine which seems to simultaneously synthesize the 18th century concept of pugilism with the inherent despair of each of our souls. You see, Tuck Toltemy is, in fact, and at its very core, a proud member of what I believe in a decade's time everyone will be referring to as the Feckless Moms Audio Network. <laughs>